Good morning and welcome to The Home Show with me, Sinead Ryan. Coming up today, moving to rural Ireland, we'll be chatting to the host of a new RTE show, trying to help families relocate to the countryside. I'll be taking a look at the best summer garden furniture, what to invest in and what to avoid. And how to create a cosy den in your home. Her.ie's Neve Marr will be here to give us her top tips. If you'd like to get involved in the show today, you can text us here at The Home Show at 53106 for 30 cent or email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. You can find me over on Instagram at Sinead Ryan 100. And of course, you can listen live or listen back to any of our shows, all our podcasts, all the great hits up on the Newstalk app, which is powered by Go Loud. Now, you're very welcome along this morning, folks. Summer may not be yet in full flow. Let's hope it gets here sooner rather than later. But one thing I'm on the lookout for is garden furniture. And I can't seem to agree on anything. I'm not a huge fan of that, you know, the rattan bamboo thing because it has to be plastic if you're going to have it outdoors in Ireland. The metal turns me right off, even with the colourful cushions on the seats. I just don't like it. And what about wood? It looks lovely. But what about the weather? And L shapes, round, low tables, high tables. I've even come across one table in a posh shop and it had a fire pit in the middle of the table. Now, uh, for me, that sounds like a recipe for disaster. Uh, So I'm looking for a bit of inspiration and I cannot wait now to meet an expert later in the show. Uh, But I'd love to hear from anybody who has been shopping for their garden furniture recently. Text me here at 53106 or better still, email me with a picture of what you bought here to the home show at newstalk.com and you're very welcome along this morning. First up today, have you ever dreamt of swapping city life for the peace and quiet of the country? Lots and lots of people have taken the opportunity of COVID, uh, if it can be called that, to do just that and get out of Dublin and Cork and places like that and move to more rural areas. Well, beginning uh, next Monday on RT1, Bogamock will follow six families in their search for a new home and a new life. And the show's presenter, Tessa Fleming, joins me now. Welcome along to The Home Show, Tessa. Thanks very much, Sinead. Lovely to be here. Now, how popular do you think has the thought of moving to the country become? Well, you can just say it yourself. Um, I mean, we met six families during the series Bugamock and um, but like even if you chat to anyone during the course of the pandemic, I myself moved out of Belfast, so I have my own personal story. But even if you chat to loads of people who were stuck within their 2K or their 5K in a city, who might not have had the space of a garden or whatever. I mean, the thought of moving out to the country and just having space, nature around you, that quietness. I mean, it was just so, so appealing. And so meeting six families that actually made that decision and took the plunge because some some of them had actually already moved and were in rented accommodation but were looking to buy and, and make that move more permanent mm. and then um so I mean it was just fantastic to actually meet the people and hear their stories of people because it takes such courage to be able to do that I mean to move completely out of um say if you were living in Dublin for years and years and years and you had your family base there and that support around you to move out 
to the other end of the country, hours away from all mm. of that support, everything you knew. I mean, it does take real courage. So it was just fantastic to meet those people that had actually done that. Of the families that you dealt with on the show, how many of them were affected by COVID? Because that whole working from home thing, you know, where suddenly it was easier to do so. And once you had Wi-Fi, you were good to go. Were any of them influenced by or saw that as a catalyst for the change they made? Oh, absolutely. I mean, nearly all of our all of our contributors on the programme, I mean, were definitely influenced or um, were impacted by the pandemic and COVID and working from home or maybe not working. So, I mean, everyone had their own story to tell. But in terms of working from home, I mean, it was such uh, an opportunity for people um, maybe to to buy their first house because, um, you know, the likes of cities and, and areas closer to, to the bigger cities are that much more expensive. So it gave people an opportunity to buy their own place, mm. maybe in the likes of Donegal or Kerry or Sligo or wherever they wanted to move to. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, it was just... As well as that, not only were they looking for a a new house to buy, but it it went deeper than that. It was all about finding the right area to move to as well. Mm. Because as I mentioned before, support and that kind of community support is so important. Um, So even the likes of... um, Don and Will, who uh, are, you, you'll meet them on Monday night at eight o'clock. Um, they wanted to set up their own um, their own glamping business. So he brought them to meet uh, someone who had already set up a glamping business for advice and to talk them through the whole process and how it works and all of that. We went to G-Tech Buildings remote working spaces because that is such an important part of, of our working life now if you're working mm. from home. We met uh, community groups because it's really important to get kind of um, in with the, the, the local community and how important that all is. Uh, schools, all of that uh, transport, public transport for people who may not drive. I mean, all of that is a factor in your decision as to where you're, where you want to move to and what where would be the right place to move to. Now, you mentioned Don and Will there. I actually had a sneak preview of the episode that's going to air on Monday <laughs> and uh, and a love, lovely couple, I must say. Uh, one is, is Irish and the other is Brazilian and they had this aspiration to set up this, as you say, this glamping facility. So they needed a house with a field, really. Um, <laughs> but uh, you show them, uh, you show them three properties on the show. Now it has to be said, Tessa. Some of them, well, I think project would be too kind a word. Is derelict really closer <laughs> to the bone? Well, that's exactly it. But Don and Will were so enthusiastic. I mean chatting to them before and in terms of finding them properties i mean they were open to anything um they want they a project didn't scare them they were ready to dig their hands into anything and that was because I suppose when you're looking for, they wanted to move out to Karna in the Gaeltacht area. Don is a fluent Irish speaker. Will, obviously, as you mentioned, is from Brazil. He he was looking to learn the language, all of that. They wanted that space. They wanted that ruggedness of, uh, I suppose, the west of Ireland. And uh, they wanted to be involved in the local community and all of that. Um, and every it was funny because uh, every place that we had showed them, 
I mean, their enthusiasm was just, I mean, <laughs> they were very they are excited. Such a pair of them were. are just such characters. And, you know, I, I just sometimes wonder um, and, and I suppose showing them things and kind of saying, look, the beautiful view. I mean, the, the landscape and just the country it just looked absolutely gorgeous. But I wonder, do a lot of people realise that it looks fine and dandy in the middle of the summer with all the tourists around and it's absolutely beautiful. But on a Tuesday in November, it can be a different story, <laughs> Is that not the case? Oh, absolutely. I mean, even when we were driving around, I mean, we were down in uh, Cahar Savine and Kerry. We were up in uh, Dunluwey and Donegal, Sligo, Galway. And like, I suppose, I, I don't know how many times I stopped the car to get out and just take in the breathtaking views. I mean, yeah. not only was it a property program, it was almost like a holiday program it because was. you actually realised <laughs> what was on your doorstep, what was in your country. It was It was just breathtaking. But you did, I suppose, the, the flip side of that is, what is this like in the depths of winter when the rain is coming at you sideways, yeah. the wind is howling, but it's it's just an, another way of life. It's just something that's part of life, on, especially in the West Coast of Ireland, in those really rural areas. I mean, it's just a... It is. It's, a, it's, it's just different. Part of life. And for somebody coming from, as a city's liquor, you know, that that's a big change. Uh, I'm speaking yes. with Tessa Fleming, host of the new RT show, Bugamock. Um, now, Tessa... Tessa, yourself, you have, um, you know, a, an interesting story here because you work for the BBC in Northern Ireland. Uh, yeah, and yeah, yeah. So, so how do you find um, hosting a show that's bilingual? Because this is Asgelga and Asperla um, really throughout. How did that work out for you? Because you're, you're well, obviously a fluent Irish speaker. Yeah, yeah. So I work with BBC Radio Ulster, but primarily I work in the Irish language department, which not a lot of people are aware that we have, but we have uh, an Irish language radio program that goes out. So my whole working life is through Irish. Um, and, you know, we go out and we do uh, different like series. And last summer we did this beautiful thing about wild swimming. So for me, it's such a joy to be able to get out of studio and meeting mm. people and all of that. It's just such a buzz when you meet people face to face, like in Bugamock, and hear their stories. I mean, it's really incredible. Um, but in terms of the Irish language, I mean, for me, it's just it's just part of who I am. You know, when people ask me, how important is it for you to present in Irish? It's I suppose it's a little bit like asking how important is it for you to present in English? Because <laughs> it's, it's just, just what another, you do. It's just yeah. what I do. Okay. I, I actually don't have a great answer for that because it's just a, another language that I have. And it's just a part of who I am. So um, but it, it does come with amazing opportunities and all of that, which I'm so grateful for. I'm sure. And uh of course, you share your uh, contributors' enthusiasm with it because you very, very clearly love all these places that you're going to. Uh, <laughs> although I did notice that in the episode I saw, you just left them at the door on the Derek properties and said, I'll see you back in a few minutes. <laughs> <laughs> An awful fear of mice. That's oh, what I have. Is it? Okay, okay. Um, now, over the six episodes that you made, did you see any rules that maybe you could, or tips you could offer to people who are thinking of making that move, who, who maybe don't have... Um, I suppose the advantage of going on a, a on a TV show to help them do it. What tips would you say before you before you consider that? Well, I suppose the main thing is really to 
to see what's in the local area. What is it about this area that's drawing you? And chat to the local people. I mean, that's that's basic at, at this stage to to chat to the local area. What is in that, that area that can support you, the community, all of that? I mean, I know when I, just from my own personal experience, when I moved out of Belfast, the first thing I did was to join the local GAA club because it was so important for me to get in with the local community, make friends, because especially when you're working from home, it can be very lonely. Um, but as well as that, it builds up that kind of um, connection with the community as to, you know, you hear maybe um, by word of mouth what's on offer, what people are selling houses for. So it's a, it's a lot kind of more, um, it's a lot deeper than just mm. making up those connections. It's uh, It goes much further than that. You pick up local information of who's selling what, what price they would take, all of that kind of crack. So, so a um, pint in the local pub, is that that seems to be where you're heading with that. Start with that. Become, <laughs> become a bar fly and just see who passes. That sounds I like don't encourage drinking. <laughs> that sounds like a good tip to me. Um, all right. Well, listen, Tessa Fleming, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the home show uh, this morning. Bogomach airs on Monday. Uh, that's this coming Monday, 27th at 8pm on RTE1. And uh, it sounds like it'll be a great series. And uh, certainly the one I saw is well worth tuning in for. So Tessa, thanks a million for joining us this morning. Thanks a million, Sinead. Now, still to come, if you're looking at making an investment into summer garden furniture, and I am, we'll be chatting about what you should look out for and what you should avoid. So stay tuned and I'll chat to you in a few moments. You're very welcome back to The Home Show here on News Talk with me, Sinead Ryan, this morning. Now, before the break, I spoke with Tessa Fleming. She's from Bogomok, the new RTE show, Asgeilga, uh, which looks at resettling people uh, down in rural Ireland. And I have to say, it was lovely chat and uh, it'd make you wish that you were one of those contestants. Uh, you can listen back to that interview if you missed it on our podcast, uh, which is up on the News Talk app. Now, uh, News Talk has teamed up with Ron Seal for Fix It Fortnight. Two weeks of top DIY tips from the best experts for home and garden. And it is the perfect time to get the garden summer ready. Give the house a fresh lick of paint or look into bigger projects you've been talking about for years. So what better way to enjoy your garden than having somewhere to sit back and relax? Uh, to give me all the tips and advice now we need on the best garden furniture, I'm joined by James Connolly, manager with Arboretum down in Greystones in County Wicklow. James, you're very welcome along to the show. Thanks for having me. Now, uh, the first thing I think of, and this isn't an unselfish interview because I'm on the market for, for a bit of garden furniture myself. The first thing that we have to think about, surely in Ireland... When we look at our Pinterest boards and the Instagram gardens and all that, they don't seem to get our weather. Uh, so talk to me a little bit about what kind of things we should be taking into account for our Irish summer when it comes to furniture. Yeah, well, of course, uh, the summer in Ireland is, uh, <laughs> it can be unpredictable. And um, so you have to bear in mind, uh, you know, you want certain uh, furniture that's going to withstand uh, the weather. And I suppose there's a few different sets available on the market. So when you're you're you know you're you're thinking of of furniture, you want to think of maybe the space you have first. You know, so what if you have a small garden, um, or if you have um, a balcony, you know, you might be looking for something small, a bistro set or a lounger, or if you have a bigger garden, then you can look at maybe the four, the six, uh, the eight, uh, or the like, so the casual dining in the corner sofas. Uh, so they're all available in um, aluminium. Um, which is very popular in Ireland because it holds up to the conditions here in Ireland. So, 
you know, it's very durable. Um, it's really lightweight. What people look, uh, like about it is there's no maintenance. Um, it's aluminium, so it doesn't rust. Mm. Uh, so you don't have to worry about painting it. So that's you know, and, and treating it. So that's really kind of um, what people would look for when they come in store. You know, they don't you know busy the lifestyle and they don't have the time to be really treating the furniture on an annual basis. No, to be faffing about with that. And the aluminium, I suppose, one of the things in its favour is a lot of the time those chairs are stackable. So you you know yes. you can kind of just leave. Would you still need to cover them though in the winter time, James? Y- yeah, so I'd, uh, like any time people come in, um, I would definitely always advise um, to cover the furniture. So they're re- really kind of people think to cover the furniture is to keep the rain off it and the elements off it. But uh, the, the important thing for covering the furniture really is, you know, that it's keeping it uh, secure. It uh, keeps the furniture all together. Mm. Because what happens you find is uh, you get a windy day and you haven't got the furniture covered and the chair blows over and that's when you get the, you know, the structural damage. Oh yeah, and you get the table blown over, and if it's a glass top table, then you have the problem with the glass breaking. So it's really important that you get a you know a good cover, a one that fits really well, um, and it's very important also when you when you're covering it that you're making sure the table is nice and dry, and then you cover it because if you cover it when it's wet, uh, it locks in the moisture, and then when you take it off in the springtime, then you find that the mould will build up on the furniture. Yeah, so really yeah, important. and you have to be careful. So aluminium, you would say, is probably the kind of the catch-all. Um, uh, material because it doesn't need maintenance it's lightweight and it'll withstand whatever Ireland throws at it <laughs> yeah um, the rain yeah uh, really the aluminium is is the way to, to go yeah you know you have you weave furniture also um which is is you know a lot of people will look at really popular now um, t- t- describe that to me what what's the difference there so the weave is like the, the rattan weave um so it's 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 not a natural weave Again, naturally, if it's perfectly fine inside or if you conservatory, um, but the uh, weave for outdoor furniture will be a synthetic weave that just holds up a lot better yeah, to the Irish now, climate. This is what I have at the moment, and it's all right. I, 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 no, I don't, didn't spend an awful lot of money on because it was a kind of a temporary set while we're waiting on the, pro- the proper furniture two years ago when COVID hit. Um, that Because it's not actually rattan or bamboo because that just would not work outside and it will work in a conservatory maybe but not outdoors here um, so it is a kind of a plastic we, it's kind of ma- manufactured to look as if it's it's a wood uh, wood thing I, I find on the corners of that that the little bits can come away from it and it's not often as sturdy as it looks what, what, what would be your advice on, on um, doing that? Yeah so like as you said there's, there's different you know grades of weave really so they tend to the kind of the more budget um, ranges um, you would find to be like a flat weave um, which wouldn't be as strong and you can get then a half moon weave and then on more kind of premium sets you'd have a full round weave. Okay. Uh, so like the likes of the corners there, the flat weave, you know, if it's, uh, you know, on the, on the premium sets they tend to be the full round weave which is a lot more durable, it's a lot stronger and you won't find, the, right. you know, the, the corners. And they're they're more sturdy in in terms of their look as well. What would you be paying now, uh, James, for something like that at that higher price point? What would you need to be investing to get, say, a corner sofa unit? A uh, corner sofa unit. Um, I know in store there at the moment we have one. What you'd be talking about one thousand nine hundred ninety nine uh, for a square corner sofa, and then the rectangle one to be a two thousand four hundred ninety nine mm. in around that price point. But Again, it's a good investment. You'd be it's sort of thing you'd you'd have in fifteen years' time. It'd still be perfectly fine, you know. So you, while you pay a little bit more, you know, if you break it down, the cost over maybe fifteen years, 
it, it is worth the, you know the investment because if you get the the, the more entry level models um, you know the less expensive ones you might get two, three years out, out with them, but after a while, yeah. uh, you then tend to be looking oh, at Oh, that's it. Them. That's it. Buy cheap, buy twice. Isn't that <laughs> the, old, the old saying? Now, talk to me about the cast iron because I, I'm everybody loves this. It's it's beautiful. It's ornate. It lasts forever. Uh, and I think when people think of, you know, posh houses or hotels with garden furniture, this is exactly the kind of thing that they think about. Uh, is that still fashionable? Um, not particularly. It, t- it tends to be replaced by the cast aluminium, um, and of course, people the, the cast iron was the older, traditional, heavier um, sets. Um, but the kind of the cast aluminium um, has replaced the cast iron really on the market because of the likes of the cast iron was is liable to rust. So you, again, you had to maintain it. You had to paint it annually. And so it's been replaced by uh, cast iron, uh, aluminium set. And is that again. is that as heavy as the cast iron, or is it a lighter version of it? A lighter version. So the cast iron was it was quite heavy, very difficult to move around. Um, the cast aluminium then is a lot lighter, a lot easier to move. And again, you don't have to worry about treatment. The only thing you really have to worry about is just give it a wash down with a bit of hot soapy water. Good. And that's that's all you have to ever do. With okay. It, no maintenance. Now, give us an idea of some of the. The brands, some of the ranges that you have in that cast aluminium furniture that people might like. Uh, the cast aluminium, uh, we have the Amalfi range um, from Hartman. Um, we changed last year to the antique grey, really lovely colour. Um, you know, we have to. It starts with a bistro set, a four seat, a six seat, eight seat, and then the likes of uh, a bench. Um, and the uh, Bistro said you'd be talking uh, 549 is what to start at so quite reasonable mm. and then the um, a four seater uh, would be uh, retailing for 1299 okay alright so, so actually well, um, not, not too bad yeah and no not it, too bad it looks um, beautiful actually really really nice yeah it's kind of more of a classic look so the antique grey um, uh, has been received really well by by the customers kind of those mm. neutral colours are kind of really popular at the moment um, the likes of the greys uh, and then the beiges uh, they're kind of the in colour at the moment for uh, in, in gardens that people kind of tend to look for Lovely Okay now is there anything people should be avoiding uh, when they are looking at garden furniture? Uh, no I don't think um, I'd be saying avoid anything in particular it really depends on what people's you know what people's needs are um, I suppose a few things to like to the wooden furniture they would, we wouldn't get too much demand for wooden sets of furniture while the wooden benches would be popular and mm. uh, wooden furniture um, of course you just have to, to treat it and that's kind of what turns people off is you know the, the idea of having to treat a full set I know but it is it. it's beautiful though isn't it like it is the, gorgeous like some know, of the teak sets are really really absolutely um, gorgeous and you see them if you're looking kind of online or you know you're looking at people in hot countries and they have these beautiful kind of weathered wooden kind of butcher block tables and these chairs at it and you think I'd love that and then you think ah no that's not going to work in Crumbly, <laughs> yeah Cor- but actually what we found uh, this year is um, some of the aluminium sets that we sell are interesting and small bits of teak into their set. So um, the likes of our light Soho range, the, um, the table actually has an aluminium frame, but it's introduced a teak top and teak armrests. And, okay. and they're quite simple to treat because they're just straight slats of wood. So you just yeah. have to rub the teak oil on with a bit of cloth. So they, they, you found that, that it is making a bit of a reappearance, the likes of the natural materials in, in the aluminium uh, sets. 
Antique, of course, was the traditional material that was used on ships of long ago. When they'd sail across the ocean, it would weather, it wouldn't shrink and, and expand when the salt water hit it. So, I mean, it should be fairly hardy. It just, it just needs a little bit of work on it. Now, uh, tell me where you stand. Controversy of the summer, of course. A lot of the uh, discount stores are beginning to sell, are, are sold out of the big egg chairs. Where do you stand on those? Uh, yeah, gyms? it's been around for, for a few years uh, now. But we're finding they're still really popular. Uh, you know, we've uh, we've a couple of the egg. There's a couple of different shapes. So we've an egg chair, a London egg chair, um, three hundred and forty nine, and then we have the teardrop one, which is really popular. It's very comfortable in the Montreal um, teardrop shape. And then we also have the double one. So this year uh, we got the double uh, oh, egg chair. Cozy. Yeah, so. <laughs> Or the love chair, right. some people call it. Yeah. Two of you stuck in it that can't get out. <laughs> right, okay. All right. Well, listen, uh, James Connolly, manager with Arboretum down in Greystones, County Wicklow. It sounds like you still have a few sets for sale. People can still get down there if summer ever arrives. Uh, and I'm sure you will look after them. And thanks a million for joining us uh, on The Home Show. No problem at all. Thanks very much for having me. And remember, we'll be chatting to a number of industry experts for Fix It Fortnight who will be on hand to offer advice and guidance for your home or garden improvement project. And it's all thanks to Ron Seal. Get your garden summer ready. And you're very welcome back to the home show here on News Talk. I'm with you till nine o'clock. And at the top of the show, I was interviewing Tessa Fleming. She is uh, the presenter of a new show called Bugamock, which is going out about resettling down in rural Ireland. Worth a listen back if you missed it on the News Talk app powered by Go Loud. But joining me now in studio is her.ie's Neve Marr. Hello. How are you? I'm very good. Delighted to be here. Feeling summery, feeling good. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, I mean, it just passes so fast, really. You're in it and you're out of it, especially in Ireland. Uh, now, one of the things we are talking about this week, and look, it's a topic we've covered before because it's been around forever. We've we've always kind of been discussing trends and styles and all of that. And it is absolutely in with a bang this year and that's wallpaper. Absolutely. I love wallpaper. It can be polarising for people but the thing about this year in particular with the trend of wallpaper is that it's not going away. So it kind of came back and it was definitely being pegged as a major trend for 2022 and the thing is with trends I kind of like to think about the the bar cart, you know, RIP. Everybody needed to have a bar cart and it's kind of just gone down the pecking order a little bit. But wallpaper is sticking around. And the thing that I love about wallpaper... Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know I did that. I swear. (laughs) It absolutely is. And, And look, the thing about it is because I think people now know and understand and have seen places where you can just have a splash of it, mm. a flash of it. You don't need to go full on Regency and have it on every single room in the house and every single wall. Exactly. Which I do love as well, though. But that's the beauty about wallpaper is that no matter your own style, there's a version of wallpaper that will suit you. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't have to go full tilt if you want to do things a little tamer. Exactly. Now, give us an idea of what it looks are on trend as we, uh, you know, for, for maybe this autumn and next year indeed. Well, botanical is not going uh, anywhere. It's fabulous though. It's absolutely fabulous. It's not going anywhere. People 
are obsessed with it. It's actually uh, Graham and Brown's wallpaper of the year for 2022. It's called Restore and it's a beautiful midnight blue with, you know, floral prints throughout it. It's subtle. I think sometimes when people think of flower print wallpaper they're like ugh why would I want that Mm, in my house mm. but I mean there's so many different varieties of it and it really like you said it adds such a point of difference to a room you walk in and you're going to look at it it doesn't have to be across the entire room but it's a massive trend for 2022 it's not going anywhere I love the idea of um, the greenery the ferns you know and we've had designers in over the last couple of weeks um, and months who have said look that greenery is all in whether it's real plants or or on wallpaper or paint just the, the kind of the springing ferns and the monster plants and Absolutely. jungle print even you 100% know. it's the biophilic trend which is which kind of started out in architecture and it's about connecting with nature and I mean we all know living in Ireland even in the midst of summer you can't always go outside so it's always lovely to bring in that element of nature into your home it can be worth the investment this is it and that's a very that's a very good point because you can also use it throughout the house but for example if you were going to start with a roll of wallpaper for Graham and Brown you're looking at around 75 euro mm. but I want to give people another option and there's a great website called ilovewallpaper.ie great well, name very <laughs> very effective um, samples can start at a tenner there and for that like you can literally get a strip of wallpaper which can also still go on the wall can be really nice a strip of wallpaper behind a toilet for example mm. um, and they go up to around 88 euro so they're kind of their max is pretty much what you're starting at at the, one of the more expensive mm. wallpaper mm. firms and companies. So there's lots of different options there and yeah, the botanical trend is just not going anywhere. That's massive. Okay. You know, bold colour, geometric design. The The oranges and the browns. The oranges and the browns. I mean, it's back. It's definitely back and it's kind of taking its its influence from pop culture a little bit, you know, like a lot of vintage styles are in at the moment and this is where you'll see that. But I mean, it doesn't have to be as bold as, as what you think. You can bring in pastels with geometric shapes as well. But bringing in that, even in a few Feature wall, you know, a retro wallpaper like that mm. is absolutely it's stunning. So that's the mad another men look. If you're going to commit to wallpaper in general, you know, depending on what style you're going for, unless it's a very subtle design, you want people to notice that you've got wallpaper. Do you know? Do you know yeah. what I mean? So it's yeah. it's very much like yes, a retro style can be a little bit in your face, but at the same time, do you want people to not notice your wallpaper? Then just paint the wall. Yeah, and also you can just swap out your cushion covers or put a throw over that maybe picks up one of the color accents on the wallpaper, but keep the rest of it plain. So exactly. your eye is drawn to it, but you're not going to suddenly find a, a print you know, zebra print fighting with geometrics or... or Exactly. It's like what we were talking about with the tassel effect before, Sinead, you know, like a little bit of less is more when it comes to that. Make that statement with a retro style, but don't go overkill on it, you know? All right. And uh, finally then, what other trend is begin? Well, this trend, I'm obsessed with this trend. Kind of bringing in that influence from pop culture, you know, retro, you could kind of say with the revival of Stranger Things, it's very 80s, 60s, 70s. The Bridgerton style of wallpaper. Well, now that's retro, retro. This is very retro. This is all about Regency core. We actually did a huge piece on her.ie about the fashion influences of Bridgerton. Oh, the tight bodices and the flowing skirts why you're seeing corsets absolutely everywhere but this is coming into interiors as well and so the Regency era actually I'm going to go historic on you now Sinead so it spanned from 1811 to 1820 and it was all about the elegance of the art and the architecture and wallpaper was a big big Mm, inspiration mm. for that time This was the period between George 
mad King George the Third and the Fourth. Exactly, regent, the Prince regent. regent forever and ever and ever and ever yeah. because he never got around to it. Not unlike Charlie over the water at the moment, and uh, he was all into flamboyance and flash and yes. color and more is more all of the time. But when I think of this period, I'm thinking of the Wedgwood blue yes. kind of color and the pale greens. This is it. I really think of cool blues when I think of Regency Corps. I think about a pattern, but it's about a pattern that tells a story. So that's what you want to get across with this. It's definitely something that you have to commit to. I would say that it would be a full wall if you want to go Regency Corps in like the back of a bedroom, you know, like with your bed pushed up against it. You can do a full Regency Corps style around the back. Graham and Brown have beautiful, cool blue tones, Regency style and a wallpaper at the moment. And it's a bit of fun, but it's amazing to see the influence that something like Bridgerton has mm. on the way in which we're designing our mm. homes, you know, well, and the way in which... it was just so beautiful. So beautiful. And it's fantastic to see that. A little busy, I suppose. It's definitely not a minimalistic style. No, but and there can be often a little bling in it. They often added a little bit of guilt yeah. on the court just because they could. Well, it was like know. the Gilded Age, I suppose, you know. So it was about that decadence. It was all about the elegance. But it's beautiful to see it come through in an accessible way that we can, you know, bring it into the home and, and look at it every day because it makes people happy. That's what they wanted to do during that era. They wanted to show off, but they also wanted people to go, wow, look at that. That's yeah. what they have. And why and do not you do think that? It, that whole theme works better when you have cornicing on the ceiling or maybe panel doors, you know, to, to get to kind of get the full effect on it? I mean, it's such an interesting question because I feel like with this type of trend, it's about having that accessibility. So I believe that you can bring this wallpaper into a new build. You know, it doesn't have to be a hundred yeah. year old okay. building in yeah. order to do it because that's the fun of this style and having something that is a, it's a nod to times gone by, but it doesn't mean you, you have, have to, to be King George. out your yes. room. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. as, if, as if it was at Buckingham Palace. All right. Um, that's great. Okay, now when it comes to putting up wallpaper, people, and when I say people, I mean me, <laughs> uh, box at the idea of getting out the trestle table and the glue and the brush and all that kind of thing. Because yeah. you're afraid, especially if you spent a lot of money on a really nice wallpaper, mm-hmm. you would be kind of nervous about just getting the edging wrong or the thing. Now, you came across products, but I haven't seen them in real life. And it's the the kind of the stick on wallpaper. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The peel and stick ones are very good if you're like me and like a lot of people quite terrified of, of wallpapering. Um, you know, I cannot talk about the importance of prep when it comes to wallpaper. <laughs> this is wall prep, prep now, not prep. mental prep. <laughs> this is a bit of both, Sinead, a little okay, bit of both. Okay. Wall prep and mental prep. Um, But it is so important because if your wall isn't ready for the wallpaper, it's going to be a terrible time for everybody involved. And you've probably just convinced whoever is living in your house that the Regency Core wallpaper is where you're going. And then the last (laughs) thing you want is a bunch of bubbles staring at you every single day. So the prep is so important. Okay, so we're talking about making sure the wall is completely smooth. So everything's off it. Everything is off it. You have to fill in any holes or any surfaces that are coming through and sand it over then as well. And as strange as it sounds, you have to clean your wall. You have to literally get a bucket of warm water and soap the wall so that it's completely clean as well. Make sure it's dry. And then, yeah, so prep is just key. And literally go on YouTube and look at, there's a a huge amount of information where they can show you exactly what you need to do to prep your wall. I would say starting on a smaller surface area is also good just for intimidation purposes. If you're a little bit afraid, if it's your first time, uh, yeah, maybe start a little bit smaller rather than, and also if you're going with some of the designs that we were speaking about there, you know, you don't want the pattern to 
to not make sense. So you do need to make sure that you're starting at the right point as well. The first drop is always mm. the most important mm. when it comes to wallpaper because you have to make sure that the rest of it is going to do. And if you are doing the classic wallpapering, paste your wall first. Paste, paste, paste. Don't do paste stick, paste stick, paste stick. Paste, paste, paste first and then hang the wallpaper. And you will be surprised at how fast that goes as well. So yeah, but what you were saying about peel and stick, if you don't want to do any of that, Get peel and stick Please, wallpaper. It just, it just goes on like um, a decal. Just, yeah, exactly. Just roll a, it down. It's okay. a decal, yeah. yeah. And you can get them. And uh, actually, the one we spoke about before is available on littlewoods.ie. Mm. And they're still there. And they have some really Super. nice um, botanical ones on, okay. on Littlewoods. Well, I don't know if wallpapering um, extends to all areas of the home. But uh, we wanted to explore the whole area of... Now, actually, I don't want to discuss the whole area of the man cave. I'm sick and tired with the men getting their den and the men getting their cave. I never understood that. No. And why should they? Why? Um, So if we're going to have a part of the house or a shed or something that is purposed for something specific. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the woman cave, Neve. I like that. I'm into that. I work for her.ie. Yeah, dens historically have been associated with that. I don't think anybody would argue with us when we say that, you know, it is something that has been associated with man caves in the past. Thankfully, that's that's not the case anymore. And it's more so about having a room um, or an area. It doesn't have to be a full room that is designated for a specific purpose. This is what the den has now become. Mm. And there's so many different ways that you can, you know, incorporate these into your homes. I think the main thing that you need to think about is having a focus for that space. So making sure that there's a particular reason why Why, you want. Why you've done it and what it is for. Exactly. The focus of the room is so important. So if it's something like, for instance, wellness, somewhere like a reading corner or somewhere you want to go and do yoga, is, is the thing then to theme it around that with that so it's not it doesn't get just multi-purposed and used for a dump room that's the thing that's a really crucial point because a lot of rooms that you go this is definitely going to be my crafting room this is definitely going to be my entertainment room it becomes a dumping zone yeah. that's exa- the yeah. best way to put it where you actually just end up putting all the Christmas decorations the summer clothes the winter clothes and I everything know, that's is, what I've done with mine yeah and before you know it this is it so this is why having that focus is so important and this is why being committed to the area is really crucial as well and I love the idea of having a wellness zone you know it's you can have within that a meditation corner a reading nook and the thing is as well is that it's so important to know that a zone is meant to support your lifestyle so if you think in the back of your head that I'm actually not going to enjoy this space or I'm not going to utilise it for the purpose that I'm trying to create it, don't bother with it. Like, honestly, Mm. if you don't think that you're the type of person who wants a den or needs a dedicated zone, don't do it then. If it's going to be more stress that you've got everything and your cousin sitting in that room, what's the point of it, you know? And I mean, it can be a very small thing. I mean, just creating a reading corner. I, I have one don't call it a reading corner or anything but it's just a place I like to curl up in my sitting room beside the bookcase Mm. it's got nice lighting big comfy chair and a throw yeah, that's I mean, it. That's it. That's all that you need. It it it's not doesn't have to be a specific room that you've cordoned off because exactly. I don't necessarily want to go somewhere special just to read a book, uh, or somewhere uh, you know special to to you know do some yoga. So it can be incorporated within what you already have. Absolutely, it doesn't have to be a, a room. I think the whole purpose behind having a den is definitely having a place that you can escape to for whatever purpose it is that you want. Mm. And I think as well, making a personal is such an important part, and this can be done with the way in 
which you design the space. It can be done with incorporating gallery walls, which work really well in a small corner as well as a small room Mm. because it makes it, you know, personal to you, but it's also probably stuff you already have around the house. Don't spend or think that you have to spend a huge amount of money on creating this space. You probably have everything lying around your house already. And just you can, you know, design it in a way that that works for you. So I love the idea of repurposing things you already have in order to dedicate it to this space. Okay. And if you were going to have a dedicated room, what would you use it for? Oh, my Lord. (laughs) There you go. That's the million dollar question, isn't it? Do you know, I would probably say I would love to have a little place that has no entertainment, no screens, and it is just a dedicated reading space for me. I would mm. love that. Not even an office, and I wouldn't have it as a big room, but I would love to have essentially a small library, really, that I just go in. The lighting would be so important with that. And like we've spoken about lighting on the show before. I mean, I'm just obsessed with battery-operated sconces. Until the day I die, I will be telling people <laughs> to go and get battery-operated <laughs> sconces. You don't need an electrician. You don't need to know how to wire anything. You order them off Amazon for 100 and you have whatever your style industrial farmhouse it doesn't matter you can have the most beautiful lighting so yeah I think I would love to have a little reading room with beautiful lighting throw a bit of wallpaper on the wall and I'd be happy well, Niamh Mar of her.ie. That sounds a very, very nice way to spend a Saturday afternoon. Uh, and thank you for coming in and sharing that with us. Now, where can people find you on Instagram? Oh, yes, I am on Instagram. Neve underscore Mar. You can see I'm actually painting my downstairs bathroom at the moment. So that's a huge process. And I can guarantee you that whatever day you're listening to this, it will not be finished. So do go and check it, <laughs> check it out on Instagram. All right, very good. And if you ever do get finished, you can come around and do mine. Because <laughs> <laughs> I've been threatening to do that for a very long time. Uh, Neve. thanks a million for joining us today on The Home Show. Thank you. Now, that is all we have time for on the show uh, today. If you'd like to get involved in the show, have a question or a guest you'd like us to have on, well, please let me know because we're always on the lookout for new ideas. You can text us here at 53106 for 30 cents. You can email us at thehomeshow at newstalk.com. And of course, we are always 24-7 on the Home Show podcast which is up on the Newstalk website. Thanks to Marisa Sullivan producing today with Stephen McLoon on sound and Anton Savage is up next. Have a great weekend and remember we'll be here next Saturday at 8 o'clock.